Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzle on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And happy Monday. Uh, happy almost uh, almost Christmas, almost the holidays. Uh, hopefully you're getting ready. Hopefully you feel relatively prepared for whatever you're going to be doing uh, when uh, the rest of the world takes a little bit of a nap, takes a little bit of a breather, lets itself catch up on television. I doubt it. I don't think anything will stop. Nothing? This year, this year feels like... Everything is perpetually in motion. Well, they are released. Like, Netflix is releasing, like, four shows over the course of the week between Christmas and New Year's. So right. they hate us. Well, we, well, no, they love us. Trust me. I've seen some, at least one of these Black Mirror episodes. They love us, you guys. But we'll see how it all works out in the end. The point is, uh, it's also in a, a busy time because uh, awards are still happening. Like, even even though you thought, hey, the Emmys were done. Uh you know, you've got we got the whole rest of the year to kind of just relax. Uh, that is incorrect, thanks to things like the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards and all the guilds and all that fun stuff that comes when TV tries to tackle, you know, kind of tack on to uh, the, the film side of things. Well, yeah, when I mean, when when TV actually adheres to the typical calendar year as opposed to the former uh, TV schedule of, of fall to spring. Uh, this is this is the end result. We've got stuff that uh, like the Globes and the Sangs and the Writers Guild that all adhere to 2017, the calendar year, and dole out awards accordingly, as opposed to you know sending everyone into a scramble at home, being like, wait, that show's still eligible? I feel like it came out so long ago. Yeah, it's been really uh, really fun to remember just how many TV shows there were this year, and just like. I had I I'd I'd been feeling like pretty good about my memory of some shows coming out. Like I feel like I remembered all the shows that came out this year, but then just the other day, um, I think Mo Ryan on Twitter mentioned a TV show, and I was like, wait, no, that was not 2017, and it was. I forget what it was too. Oh well. It was that Hulu show. What was that? It was the Hulu show. Um, Cardinal or. Um, oh, National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah, that was in 2017. And yeah, that was that was the one. Uh, which was a really good show, actually. It's worth checking out. Uh, great great British cast in that one. Point is, oh my goodness. Uh, we're, we're digging into, oh, we're kind of lightly digging into award season coverage as a result of all this. Uh, of course, our pa- compatriots on the film side are much more engaged. This is their time. This is their moment. And they're really killing it with all of their great coverage. Um, but we wanted to highlight one one of my favorite awards, and as any listener of this podcast knows, I occasionally have just like favorite, weird favorites within awards, award show categories, such as my love of the best title design category um, in for the Emmys. Uh, but I really also love the way SAG approaches uh, the way, essentially, instead of giving out a best picture award, what they do is they give out, or best picture, best TV show, they give out the best ensemble cast award. Which I always find really interesting because I it's it's a really fun nomination when you think about it because the whole cast gets nominated so it's a way to recognize you know like a really great group of actors they're not competing against each other which you know you see all the time with things like Big Little Lies and uh, what was another one this year where there was a like a uh, feud feud had a bunch of that. Uh, repeatedly, yeah. Repeatedly, uh, and I mean that's still happening in other categories here um, at, on the sa- on the 
in the SAG nominations. But then we, you know, it's nice that they all get to kind of band together for this one award and arguably the biggest award of the night. Arguably. 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 <laughs> it's interesting because, like, uh, with the film stuff, when you look at the SAGs and the Golden Globes, you're looking at them as very much precursors to something that's going to come next in that, you know, you really want uh, to make sure if you're uh, a best actor contender for the Oscar, you, you want to get in there for the SAGs because that's a good indicator that you'll get in for the Oscars. And, you know, then you're looking to see who wins to gain a little bit of momentum in that race. And that's not exactly how it works in TV because the Globes aren't necessarily a precedent setter for the Emmys and the SAGs have a little bit more sway in that regard, but they also don't necessarily like build up to the same thing again because the calendar year shifts with the TV year and then different things are qualified and different things compete. Um, but it's still interesting to see kind of what they pick and who they go after and who they decide to highlight. And, uh, uh, people will get bumps. Uh, people will get a little bit extra attention. That's always good for those shows. Uh, and then the Ensemble Award, to me, it's one of those things, at least for television, it's one of those things where you're right. Like, it's it's a nice kind of nod to say you guys accomplished something together that was important. Yeah. It's not just like this person stood out. They had the whole show was about them and this one character, and they did great, and there were some supporting people, but we're just going to highlight that one guy. It's, it's saying – as an ensemble, you guys came together and you had chemistry and you you built something and you shared that experience and you were present in that moment with your fellow cast members and you're doing the thing that you're supposed to do in acting where acting is reacting. And, you know, that's there's a respect given to that. And I don't know if that's how voters think about it or if they just think this is the best show or this seems like it has the best cast or this is something that I wanted to nominate more people from, so I'm going to nominate that show because it seemed to have a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I prefer to think of it as an accomplishment as a team. And that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it almost, it almost be interesting to like have the actual word go to the casting director. Though of course, like the way that the casts come together is a very nebulous, uncertain thing and can go a lot of different ways depending on various things. Yes. Casting directors should definitely be given awards. I don't know if it would be for the same criteria I just described, but Damn, they uh, they are unheralded champions out there most of the time. Yeah, I mean, you. I think I, inspired by you, like because I feel like you you're very good about this, like mentioning casting directors in your reviews and your coverage. Um, and I've I've been trying to make a point of that too, just because they do do such important work yeah. in terms of track, especially when it comes to like tracking down the impossible impossible find. Right. Um, yeah, and there's there's shows and movies and stuff where you know the 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 casting directors job and duties are they completely differ like there could be completely different projects and their responsibilities are are you know varied because of it which is exciting to talk to them about mm-hmm. but uh but no i mean i i think the sags they did a pretty good job this year it's yeah. it's a respectable turnout um obviously there's always the nitpicky part of us that disagrees with certain choices um but the the ensemble award this year i think it'll be a good competitive race in both comedy and drama categories um, and then, of course, Liz and I have a few thoughts on others that maybe should be considered if, say, other award shows were to pick up an ensemble category. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of the argument I want to make here, which is that why not add in, you know, Emmys have like 150 categories. You can't add best ensemble cast to it. Well, you'd probably end up adding to it times three, but, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's a confusing. I think it's I think it's confusing for other award shows more than anything else because of what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. In that, would it be that thing where who whatever's going to win best comedy series is also going to win comedy ensemble? Like, are they just going to go hand in hand, or will like voters be able to differentiate in their minds? Like, okay, I want to give this award for this particular thing, and then we're also going to give it for the show overall. Like, obviously. You know, uh, I mean, Twin Peaks has a great ensemble. I'd never slight anything from it, but you could see a little bit more of a difference in why people would like it. Like, actors might not like that as much as they like The Crown, but, you know, overall, they'd still vote for Twin Peaks uh, because it's it's great. Anyway, I'm, I'm mixing some well, shows up here. But the point being, let's, if we could come up with some criteria for the Emmys, maybe, mm-hmm. or if we think that that's possible, maybe that would help make yeah. it happen. Maybe. Well, let's go over really quickly uh, who is nominated this year for the, for the SAGs um, in the comedy series. Because presuming that you guys don't have this memorized, because uh, I didn't, I surely didn't. Uh, but outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series is current. Co- current nominees are Blackish, Curb sure. Your Enthusiasm, Kind of Shocking, Glow, Great, Well Deserved, Orange Is the New Black, Yeah, Sure, Kind of a Legacy Holdover. And Veep. Damn right. Yeah, I mean, all of those are, I mean, I feel like the one that makes me happiest in that lineup is Glow. Yeah. Uh, Because that is a very, that is a show that features a really interesting ensemble and a lot of unknowns, too. So. Yeah, no, that's that's really something where there is a lot of important cast dynamics going on. Um, They had to cast very particularly for various skill sets, uh, both physical and emotional, and, you know, everything that goes into those performances is is challenging. Um, and then, again, they have to come together in a very special way because this is a group that odds are will be together for a long period of time, and a lot of their stories involve each other, like, across, like a, a, a broad swath of the group is often involved in each other's stories. And, um, yeah, they, they definitely deserve that nod, and I, I know, Liz, what you're going to say, but... I don't want to take any credit for it. Like I, I, <laughs> I know that I moderated the panel for That's their SAG after appearance, like when that was basically them pitching themselves for the SAG awards. And I, I know that I asked questions, but it's it's all them. Like it's it's all all the actors. Well, then, as a white man, <laughs> here to explain to us that they were worthy of being honored like without without a white man step stepping up and saying this cast of women deserves deserves recognition we would never have done it listen i don't want to believe that that's true i don't want to believe that that's true but because you're saying it liz and you are wise and a woman yes then it has to be my feminine with my with with all the wisdom that my femininity gives me with the moon and the cycles and the whatnot oh god yeah, I don't know. This got weird on me all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> point being. Point being. They deserve the credit, not right. me. Of course. Of course. That is that is not being necessarily completely honest. There. Yes, I am. Sure. I am being 100% honest. Sure. I just, you know, maybe I'm a good luck charm. I'm just, you know, networks well, out there. If you're looking for moderators, maybe remember <laughs> there's a shiny penny. Who might be able to give you a little bit of that little nudge? Little yeah, nudge that, 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 that Ben Travers bump. Ben Travers bump. Oh, let's make it a thing. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, quickly running down the ensemble in the drama series, we've got The Crown. Whatever. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a crown meh guy, but the cast is extraordinary. So. Well, also, I feel like what's really interesting about uh, that I, I, rem- I still will never get over 
um, being at that NBC Universal uh, Emmys pre-party and hearing Aaron Paul say, yeah, I love The Crown. It's great. Industry folks love The Crown. Well, especially actors, I think. I think actors really respond to it. It's, well, I, I think literally everyone in the industry loves The Crown. It's a show built for literally everyone, like, it is a very tightly written show where writers will respect the craft of writing. It is, you know, just gorgeous and opulent and crazy. So, like, production designers and everybody involved in that spectrum will also appreciate it. You know, directing is very strong because they bring in, you know, Oscar winners. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's made for it. So. Just, just remember, Ben, every time The Crown gets nominated for something and Peter Morgan has to go to an award show, that means Gillian Anderson gets to put on a pretty dress and look nice. Yeah, that is a pretty big win. Yeah. See? We should be rooting for the crown in all things. No, I can't do that. Why not? I, I, she can show up, but I'm not going to. No. <laughs> she doesn't get to go on stage, so no. Fair enough. Uh, but, okay, we got Game of Thrones as well. Jesus. <laughs> Unbelievable. You were just saying that you were pretty happy with these with these nominations. I know. This is this is pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, the, the one that I'm very upset about is that's fine. Uh, you know, The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stranger doubt, Things. Uh, sure. I mean, Stranger Things, I feel like it's kind of, I mean, it's like, I would rather almost see it like in a youth cast because I don't feel like, I mean, I love Winona Ryder, Dan, Dan Har- David Harbour, fine. Um, but Gave that speech. He's going to get nominated forever. I mean, it was great. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, This Is Us. Which I feel like if you're going to nominate This Is Us for anything and not roll your eyes about it, like the cast, the cast is you know worth not acknowledging, yeah. even though Kevin is the worst and Toby is a sociopath. Yeah, Toby is a sociopath, but it it's, is, I, it's more about the character than the performer. I mean, we really need to talk more about how Toby is a sociopath. I think Dan Feinberg is doing just fine. Covering that territory for everyone, I, making I, 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 sure I, that it's known. I don't want him to be like a lone wolf on this. Though. Oh no, I, 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 want, mean, I want I want a critical. Uh, I heart and retweet as much as possible. I get it out there. Like it's it's. I feel like we're supportive. Yes, yeah, and I mean, so I mean, it's a fine list, I guess. Uh, there are plenty of shows. There are plenty of shows on there that I feel like should be. Well, let's let's get into the. The, the best part of talking about award <laughs> What shows. we actually think should be nominated. Well, yeah, not only not only that, but, but you know, the idea of, okay, sure, if we're going to give This Is Us a nomination, acting is fine, but is it, is it better than The Deuce? Oh, The Deuce. I was not expecting you to swing for The Deuce right away. Oh, yeah. The Deuce is, is the cast, the ensemble cast that really bothers me that's not part of the drama nominations. Like, that is a... That is a serious oversight from top to bottom, from every aspect of casting to, uh, you know, to execution, uh, to the individual performances. Like, they are so good, every single one of them. Like, we had, when we were talking about, what was it, our, our preview for Breakout Performers of the Fall or something, mm-hmm. and we were like, there's somebody from the Deuce, we got to figure out who it is, and we couldn't settle it like we were just kind of there were like four or five people that we could have listed as like the breakout and we settled on margarita leviaba yeah Um, i think you kind of did this on your own actually because i don't think anyone any of us had no we talked no you'd seen it and steve asked about it uh steve green who was on the podcast last week shout out to steve um 
but yeah, like we'd we'd kind of just briefly discussed like it's got to be somebody, but there's too many options to choose from, right. and then we settled on. But it could have very easily gone to four or five other people. Dominic Fishback is tremendous, and the leads, you know, Franco and Gyllenhaal are, are outstanding. And, right. and again, like how they all come together and how those stories kind of blend into each other makes it feel like such a natural fit for the ensemble award that I was. The only thing I think about is that it, it just wasn't seen by enough people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these nominees, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, This Is Us, those are huge ratings monsters. So I think they might just get automatic slots and and get more slots because more people have seen it uh, compared to something like The Deuce. And, and that's just, that's a theory. But um, Netflix is also something that's slowly and steadily dominating the SAG Awards because I think most of the SAG membership watches more Netflix than they do other networks mm-hmm. um, just throughout the year and regularly. So I, I'm expecting that trend to continue um, for a while now. But that being said, I, I do I am <laughs> I am the most upset about the Deuce this year, even though there's obviously plenty of other shows that I could talk about too. Yeah, I was uh, out of curiosity. I was wondering if uh, the Wire had ever been nominated for. Uh for a SAG award, and it never was, so. The Wire. Um, yeah. Regularly snubbed. Yeah, poor The Wire. Regularly overlooked. Poor The Wire. Um, yeah, so yeah, the deuce I feel like is a definite oversight. Um, I'll just go ahead and toss Ben the solid and say, where was The Leftovers? Yeah, I mean, it's one, you, you had to see it coming because it, it's never made any progress, so it's not something you'd expect to get nominated, but when you are talking about, you know, favorite ensembles and ensembles that really deserve a lot of attention for their individual performances and the way they come together and their chemistry and kind of just being on the same page throughout the whole thing, The Leftovers is another perfect example of that. There's a lot of standalone episodes in season three where people are working on their own thing, but when they come together, you can see that spark. And there's there's probably, uh, I talk about this in our performances list, but that the scene of, of Justin Thoreau and Carrie Coon at the wedding should be studied by all actors for the rest of time because it's one of those things where the way that they respond to each other, like how attentive they are and reactive and present in that moment, and, and that breeds such an honesty and authenticity that comes across on screen where, yes, the writing is beautiful, and yes, they, they go through a lot of exposition very eloquently and without it feeling like any sort of dump. It's very natural. But their performances are just what makes it feel so resonant when you're watching it. Like you just, you click on one of those clips and all of a sudden, you know, a a flood of emotion rushes over you. And that's what actors should be doing. Like that is exactly what makes it so special to see cast come together like that. So, um, so yeah, great pick, Liz. Thank you. Again, you're so wise. (laughs) I'm just saying things you agree with. The moons are in line. Yeah. I will. I wanted to also, uh, on the comedy side, you know, I feel like there are a couple of slots here. Like, you know, I, like I mentioned, Orange is the New Black has a great cast, and I've always liked it a lot. Um, but this was not a great year for the show, and I feel like they've had enough cast turn. Like, some of the new members of the cast aren't maybe as good as some of the older members of the cast who have departed. So I could see get it, giving up that slot to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Which is one of the best comedy ensembles on television, just, like, flat out. Don't fight it. Like, no matter how you feel about the actual show, like, you know, it's it's such a good group of actors, and they all work. You can pair them up with anyone, and there's an amazing story to be had. And they do they make really good work of like playing off each other's differences, but also still really finding a common ground. It's almost as though that show's just been 
on for so long that you kind of take it for granted. Like mm-hmm. they're so good at playing those characters that you're just kind of like, well, of course they are. They've been doing it for four years or whatever. But the specificity, especially in like Andre Brower's character, oh. Captain Holt, the, the way he, he kind of has been brought out of his shell more and more, but very precisely and very carefully over, I think mm-hmm. this season in particular, yeah. um, has been pretty amazing to watch. And it does affect the group in different ways. So like you notice that their responses to him are a little bit different or, uh, you know, their anticipation of what he might be able to do or what he's going to do is, is different. And each one of them kind of plays with those expectations in fun new ways. And that keeps things pretty lively. And it also keeps you as a viewer engaged. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that's a great one. I'd also obviously throw out um, Michael Schur's other comedy and his, his primary comedy now, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's those core five people are just outstanding. Well, six. I mean, I can't, we can't not talk about Janet. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where maybe I expect it's another one that people just didn't watch enough of. So it didn't get enough attention that way. But Ted Danson, Uh, I mean, Ted Danson just leading that team, Kristen Bell doing some really understated comedy work that works so, so, so very well and developing that character just that's tricky. Like, it's a yeah. tricky challenge. And, again, like, they, they come together very well. And in comedy, the timing of it is so pertinent. And understanding the person across from you and, and you know, what their beats are and, and where they're going with it and, you know, how you can play off that, you know, that's a real test of it. And they do it so well on that show. Yeah. Um, gosh, I was like, Yeah, the thing with uh, – the, 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 I feel like – I forget if I've mentioned this before or not uh, on this podcast, but I'm still really impressed – by the Good Place episode, uh, Michael and Janet from mm-hmm. this season, because uh, it does something really, it does it does something kind of unexpected, which is it basically is the episode that reveals that this is no, now no longer a show starring Kristen Bell, it is an ensemble comedy, and you, the way you know this kind of is because I mean she's definitely like a central, she's definitely like the central character, like her story means a lot, um, but it, it is arguably the biggest in the in the show maybe in rivalry with Michael's. But there that entire episode, she's only in like two scenes and in a pretty minor way. It's the episode is otherwise really focused on Janet's journey. And it's really exciting in that respect. To just kind of not only to see the show take that chance and make it work, but also like to you know, hey, it's kind of cool Kristen Bell to be like chill with not really being in much of an episode. Sometimes actors do not care for that. Sure. And sometimes actors are like, please, for the love of God, uh, can I take a week off? I don't know. Yeah. It could be a lot of different things. But point is, Good Place has definitely moved beyond just being the Kristen Bell, Ted Danson show to being a really strong ensemble. And so, yeah, it's not a big show. It's not a big cast, but it's definitely a cast worth acknowledging. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely working on something special over there and getting better and better with every episode, even though they started at a very high bar. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that get more recognition. I'd love to see that get more attention. Um, I will throw in a, just a couple of quick lines in support of Veep getting another nomination. Yeah. It's one of those where, yes, it's been there for a while. Yes, it's a constant award show player, but <sighs> they're, they're so good. <laughs> like, they're just I, – I, I cont- I'm continually amazed by – kind of the the blocking of that show and then the speed at which the comedy is thrown out at each other and the way like when you get to watch some of their behind the scenes stuff and see how aware they are of constructing it and constructing it quickly and constructing jokes both like 
uh, in layered visual context where like some one of the best jokes this year was uh, was when Julia Louis Dreyfus was on camera on the phone talking on the phone about um, like talk, I think she was talking with her doctor about having a heart attack and mm-hmm. then in the background like in like blurry out of focus in the background you see Tony Hale collapse because he's having a heart attack because he found out that his that Selena <laughs> had a heart attack. And it's not like it's literally something in the background, and this is something where it's it's actually framed that way on purpose. Like right. th- that's part of the joke. There's other elements of it where the plot continues to develop, and in the background, Tony Hale is trying to open a, a, a water bottle with his mouth because because <laughs> he can't expose his thumb because his thumb has been dyed green, and then they'll know that he voted in an election illegally, and it's going to screw up this entire trip. So he's just she's giving important plot details and delivering her own material and he's just back there gnawing on a water bottle for her and it's hilarious like and they do this throughout the entire show there are so many little extra tidbits that you will discover when you watch and rewatch that thing let alone just the how the rapid pace of of them going back and forth with their insults and, and tearing into each other that cast is impeccable and they keep at it like they've added people like Sam Richardson has been a perfect addition to this thing and he's only been in there for two and a half seasons i think two mm-hmm. maybe three now but uh he's he's great and like that that's something where they're bringing in new people they have guest people come in uh hugh laurie is i think probably a part of that or he was last year and he is just outstanding in the group they're consummate professionals and they're so so very good at their job you're excited to see what they're going to do next and what they're going to come up with as a group so i'm very happy veep got in it will probably not win but i would love to see it win um yeah i I, so so what i want to throw in for the drama side of things is uh mr robot which tends to be the discussion when it comes to the acting on mr robot tends to be really focused around rami malek as the lead which again super deserved he's amazing um, and then Christian Slater as Mr. Robot uh, in all of his different permutations. And both of them are doing amazing work. But the supporting cast in general is just really solid on that show. And especially this season, um, the uh, it Portia Doubleday and ooh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Char- Carly Chaikin um, both had amazing arcs and really performed beautiful work. Uh, same with... Oh, I think it's Grace Gummer. I think Grace Gummer is the Gummer on the Mr. Robot. You're nodding in agreement? Mm-hmm. That's the right one? Yeah. I always mix them up. Pretty sure. Okay. Mammy was the one on Smash, I think. Oh, well, Grace was in the newsroom, so okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. Do, is she your favorite Gummer? Well, of course. I figured. Um, but I feel like everyone on that, oh, everyone on Mr. Robot is doing really amazing work, and I feel like it gets slightly overshadowed by, you know, by Sam Asimov, not Sam Asimov, uh, he's writing them, but they get kind of overshadowed by Christian Slater and Rami Malek, and that's why an ensemble cast award is a really helpful thing, because you can recognize everyone working together, especially people who are doing more supportive, you know, non-showy stuff. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and it's it's also kind of a, a little bit of a disappointment that the limited series aren't up for ensemble awards like at the SAGs because yeah. they you know they, they've got enough categories and limited series is something new enough where you didn't need to have its own like additional stuff because they still blend TV movie and limited series for the individual awards at the SAGs um, and probably rightfully so uh, if only because TV movies are now pretty few and far between but it would be great to see 
kind of just the big little eyes cast get an ensemble nod and it's kind of upsetting that they can't they aren't right like you mentioned earlier the idea of them constantly competing with each other it seems antithetical to what the show is all about Mm -hmm. and also how it came together like literally big little eyes wouldn't exist without reese witherspoon and nicole kidman like coming together and saying we're going to put this cast together we're going to make this happen we're going to bring everybody like here and we're going to bond and we're going to do this and we're all going to be sisters and and just support each other and and take this thing down like they're like Laura Dern coming in like all of them are so close and there wouldn't be a season two without that same kind of thing so like so that's more of a a production thing and a producer's role and honoring that goes into its own category at other award shows but you can see it on screen like you can see the result of what they've created in the performances on screen and uh, I I wish there was a way to kind of just single them out with like a special award or something this year or let them share something I don't know but it's it's an accomplishment. I mean, they've been pretty good about, like, you know, when Nicole Kidman wins things, she tends to basically be like, I wouldn't be here without my, you know, without my girls. Also, they'll be, then, <laughs> they'll be eligible for season two, because there's going to be a season two, so. Well, yeah, but there's still no <clears throat> ensemble, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe by then, I guess. Yeah. But hopefully then they won't have to fight over the Emmy. Maybe. That'd be nice. Literally. What? On stage. That'd Remember? Be- I don't remember. There's that there's that gift that goes around of, of Reese Witherspoon holding it and I think it's I think it's that way. I'm ninety percent sure it's Reese Witherspoon holding the Emmy. And you can see Nicole Kidman's hand creep in to like take it from her, like while she's while Reese is giving Nicole, the speech. Oh, so rude. Well no, she's just she's like part of it, but there's only one Emmy. <laughs> but Nicole, And Reese just holds on to it. <laughs> she won't let go of it. It's great. So they could all have one and that would be nice. That'd be fun. Maybe they should just fight. Maybe they should just fight to the death on the Emmy stage over every every award. Again, seems antithetical to the spirit of the comp- to the spirit of, of what sh- we what we want, right? You know, to support and what the show is all about. But still, yeah, it'd be inter- yeah. No one's going to say that's not entertaining. So yeah, it reminds me of my favorite West Wing quote, which is uh, when CJ wants to pardon both the turkeys, and uh, the president asks her why, and she's like, "Well." One of the one, one turkey gets uh, pardoned and sent to a children's zoo to live out the rest of his days in comfort. Which is a lie. What? Which is a lie, but continue. And uh, the other gets eaten, and then the president responds, "If the Oscars were like that, I'd watch." Yeah, that so, is a good line. It is a good line. Um, president Bartlett was full of them. Yep. Uh, yes. So I mean, I feel like there are other ensembles we're probably missing. If you oh, wanna... there always are. There's there's yeah. so many. There there's. It is like we talked about uh, a special category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you if you if you have any you, you off the top of your head that you want to share with us, uh, Liz at IndieWire.com, Ben at IndieWire.com, we will care about your opinion. Yeah. And maybe. Uh, beyond that, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Oh, Liz, I, nothing. Um, <laughs> what was the best thing? That's tough. You can plug the Twin Peaks thing. Twin Peaks. I mean, we didn't watch it technically, but we experienced it. Oh, like the restaurant? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I could. I don't really. That's LA specific. Yeah. Um, There's a pop up a restaurant in Los Angeles that is Twin Peaks themed, and we all went there the other night, and yeah. it was great. Yeah, it's the Roadhouse slash the the Bang Bang Bar, and they've got the red curtain set up and play the soundtrack. And I do highly recommend it if you Google that phrase it will come up and if you're in LA you can you can make a reservation and attend um, I think it's just twinpeaks.shop yeah something on. like that um, 
But no, I mean, there's there's a lot of shows that are ongoing right now that are still very good. I like I I think I mentioned Fresh Off the Boat recently, and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is still very strong this year. Um, I don't think like a lot of the stuff I've seen of late has been kind of disappointing. So I think what I'd encourage everybody to do is take a look at these year-end lists that are coming out and make sure that you haven't missed anything that's too prevalent, like too near the top of the consensus right now. Like obviously Metacritic's got its own list that is compiling all of the top 10 lists from across the internet. Uh, Uproxx and Alan Seppenwall just released their um, their critics poll, um, which is you know pretty inclusive and and goes all the way down to like 146 because that's how many shows got listed. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I would I would encourage everybody to just kind of check those out and make sure that, uh, you know, if you've got a glaring omission and, you know, breaks coming up, figure out a way to fill it. Yeah. Go back and listen to our TV gift giving guide to find out the best way for you to watch that show. Yep. Good plan. Watch Twin Peaks. Yeah. Watch Better Things. Hmm. Watch The Leftovers. Okay. Watch Halt and Catch Fire. It's on Netflix. <laughs> The new season, season four, last season. Right. Do it. Okay. All right, Liz, what's the best thing you watched? I watched The X-Files. I'm sorry, what? Um, there's a show called The X-Files. Unfamiliar. Yeah, I know. Uh, this, these two hottie patatties, they solve alien crime. Oh, are they a couple? Yeah. Oh, Liz is lying to us, guys. <laughs> I have seen the first five episodes of season 11, which is set to premiere in a couple of weeks. And as you, as we record this, and will be even sooner, to ha- clo- even closer to happening when you listen to it. And yeah, so um, there is one episode that is not good. Um, I'm not going to go, no spoilers, I promise. There's one episode that is not good. If you are guessing it's the one written and directed by Chris Carter, that is the season opener, you might be correct. And oh, then... Dude. There are, and then they also gave us, they were really, really smart in how they did this, because if they had just given us the season premiere, it would have been a problem, but the, the the four episodes that follow it are, include a lot of great stuff. Uh, the cast, you know, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny are back in rare form. Uh, I was very, very happy watching it, and... Very specifically, the Darren Morgan episode, which if you're a longtime X-Files fan, you know that the words, the Darren Morgan episode are music to your ears. Uh, The Darren Morgan episode this season in particular is quite lovely. So I am very excited to see more of the season. I have no idea when I will get to. But in the meantime, I have these five episodes that I get to watch and they were fun. And it is nice to be able to talk about the X-Files in a positive, life-affirming manner. It's been a while. It's been. It's been a dark. I had a. It's been I had, a long I had, time. I had a dark time then. Well, I mean, we all did. Really. Yeah. It was funny because I was looking back over. I was like, I was. I was in, in my review, which published uh, uh, as you listened to this last Friday. Uh, <clears throat> I was looking back over my coverage of season ten, and I'd forgotten that I very rarely try to slip profanity into a review. But my review of the season finale of season 10 includes the line, I think the line, something along the lines of, if this is the end of the X-Files, this show's legacy is fucked. Which is a statement I still stand by, and I am glad that it was not the finale. I'm very glad, in fact. I'm glad that there was more X-Files, Ben. Could have been, it could have gone one way and instead of win another. Oh, it, it, it definitely is, is better for having at least given us something after that finale, because that would have been, you're yeah. right, it would have been terrible. Also, I have the complete opposite attack on reviews i always try to include as much profanity as possible i know i get it um i will know fun 
Yeah. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is, is probably the shy. Oh. Um, and I've talked about this before, and I'm I would apologize, but I'm not sorry. So, uh, Lena Waits Showtime drama based in Chicago, uh, very much dealing with lives in modern Chicago, and that's basically all I know about it. Um, it's got Jason Mitchell in one of the uh, series regular parts. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to watch this. Uh, it premieres in early January. I think it's like the third or something. Um, on Showtime, and you know, we love Lena. Um, I love Chicago. That's pretty much all I needed to hear. So I'm very, very excited to finally check that out. I know the uh, we've got the episodes, so I'll be checking them out soon, and we'll have a review up. Uh, probably not this week. Probably like the week Between after Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's probably the next thing that I'm super pumped about, oh. other than catching up with those X Files episodes that Liz has already watched. So. And I have a lot to say to you about them. I know. I'm, I'm very well aware. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about that as well. Good. But, Liz, what are you excited about next now that you've watched all of the X-Files? I mean, life well, is all of the X-Files you can't watch. I all, I, yeah. It was a really fun night when I was just like, yeah, well, I guess they're all happening now. I was going to try to space them out a little bit more. Uh, did not happen. Uh, I've been uh, – I – when Marvelous Mrs. Maisel premiered, um, I had already seen like the first three episodes thanks to screeners. I hadn't gone back and finished the series, the season yet, um, and I am doing so right now, and I'm really enjoying it. Like I've only got two more episodes to go, um, and then also, uh, but the other show I want to mention that I haven't seen any of, so I'm, but I'm still anticipating cool things. Uh, is Counterpart, which is this upcoming Stars drama starring uh, J.K. Simmons. They actually premiered the first episode on. Uh, they premiered the first episode on uh, on Stars earlier this month, uh, alongside the um, Outlander finale. So theoretically, uh, you know, there's no excuse for me not having seen it, except for time and all that. But I'm excited to check it out. Like, there's it's the cast is really cool beyond J.K. Simmons. Uh, I like Harry Lloyd. I like Olivia Williams a lot. Um, rest in peace, uh, Manhattan, which also included Rachel Brosnahan. Bring it all together. Boom. Yep. What Italian. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, so looking forward to checking that one out. Good pick. Yeah, Me too. You. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to read all about it and more on IndieWire.com where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And if you, you know, want the off chance of Michael Schneider interviewing any of these fine creators, including all the people we just talked about and more, Make sure you listen to the Turn It On podcast. Uh, also, uh, as Liz mentioned earlier, the film team is in award season. Freever. Yes, just just their sole purpose in life is dedicated to analyzing and studying both the race and the films contending in them. So make sure you listen to Screen Talk with our own Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, as well as the perfect filmmaker toolkit podcast with your ideal host of anything chris o'fault your love of chris o'fault continues to impress me chris o'fault deserves more love than i can give oh that's sweet um you can find ben on twitter at ben t travers you can find liz on twitter at lizlet that's with an i and an e yes okay you did it uh thank you so much uh for listening you guys uh hopefully uh, we'll be back next week. We've been told we have to be back next week uh, in some form or another, so look forward to that. And uh, as always, keep watching television. 